when Jeff Lynn and myself were doing Cloud Nine. Mm. I don't know, we probably had too many drinks, we were just talking about something, and this came out, the Trembling Wilburys suddenly... The trembling Wilburys? Yeah. And then it turned into the Travelling Wilburys, and that was it, it was forgotten about, really. And when we recorded this song, you know, I just said to Jeff, this is it, this is the Travelling Wilburys. Welcome to the Traveling Wilburys podcast, where we discuss each Wilburys song, song by song. This week, we're discussing track five from the Traveling Wilburys volume one. The track is called Not Alone Anymore. Of course, I have with me my co-host, Ian, and our special guest, Sahil. Thanks for coming back, guys, and appreciate that. Appreciate our listeners. Hope you are enjoying the show so far. And so this week, we're discussing Not Alone Anymore. Last week, we talked about Last Night, the uh, Tom Petty track from the album. We all enjoyed that one. And this week, I'm excited to talk about Not Alone Anymore because it's Roy Orbison's only song that he is the main vocalist on. Are you guys excited to hear Not Alone Anymore? Yeah, uh, I've heard it before, and it's a great song. And I've obviously never heard it before, never heard any of these songs before, so it'll be a first-time experience for me. So that was a clip of Not Alone Anymore. What did you think of that? Uh, not Alone Anymore, I'd say, personally, it was okay. It wasn't the best song out of the previous songs that we listened to. It's uh, probably on the lower end, uh, at the bottom of the list, but still ahead of uh, Dirty World. And my reasoning for that is Roy Orbison's, like, his vocals are okay. I don't see anything special about them. So uh, when Roy Orbison's voice is going towards a higher pitch, higher notes, I didn't really find it sound, it didn't sound like as good, kind of, it was fluctuating for me, it just personally didn't, I didn't find it that, it didn't sound too good to me. Uh, I kind of disagree, because I really like the song, uh, it's kind of a typical Roy Orbison song where it's kind of depressing and self-deprecating, but it's kind of sounds happier and it's in a major key. What I like about it is the instrumentation. I really like the instrumentation, just everything kind of works really, really nicely together. And I also kind of like, I like the uh, backing vocals. They're kind of sporadic throughout the song. They're not super prominent, but I really like them. 
Of course, I'm not going to disagree with that. I love this track. This track, to me, cements Roy Orbison's legacy. It had been many years since Roy Orbison had really come out with a track this captivating with a vocal performance like this that really echoed back to his classic early to mid 60s singles. And I, I really love the backing vocals, the sha-la-la-la part from uh, George Harrison and Jeff Lynne. I think they're singing that part. It sounds great. The song also has a, a propelling synthesizer bit. At the beginning of the song, you hear that, and it really works for the song. It gives the song a driving energy. And as for Roy Orbison's vocal performance, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. You can tell he's really reaching for those notes. The special part about Roy Orbison singing is his ability to sing these incredible melodies while still sounding like he's really giving it his all. You can tell in his performance that he is stretching himself and you can hear that voice wavering a little bit and I actually really like that because it's really a humanizing element of the song. Yeah, I agree with the what you said about the synthesizer, especially since, you know, it kind of the synthesizer has a bit of a bad reputation because of how badly it was used in a lot of 80s tracks from other bands and other artists but uh, yeah, I, I agree you know, in this song it, it was uh, used in a good way it wasn't too overwhelming what's interesting about this song is that the Wilburys they had to you know record write and record 10 songs for the album in 10 days as they only had that amount of time because Bob Dylan was about to start his never-ending tour which still is ongoing basically they were struggling to create a song for Roy because none of them had really written a song for that kind of vocal prowess. And so when they came out with Not Alone Anymore, Jeff Lynne first stated that it was a very simple song, only three chords. And of course, those classic Roy Orbison singles are much more complex, featuring multiple chord changes. And I think they, when they initially recorded the song, they were actually unhappy with the way it sounded. So what's interesting about this track is that the only part of the song that's actually from the Dave Stewart sessions, those 10 days uh, in California, is Roy Orbison's vocal performance. The rest of the song was completely reworked by Jeff Lynne in London, where they mixed the album. He recorded all the guitar parts and actually changed the chords of the song over the vocal melody. So you can see the song has been extensively reworked and that's where you get that distinctive guitar lick that comes in throughout the song that's really cool. That's Jeff Lynne who's come up with that afterwards to make the song sound more musically interesting. So Sahil, again for this track you were less of a fan. What particularly did you think that this track was lacking that uh, previous tracks like Last Night and Rattled you preferred? Um, I wouldn't say it's lacking anything. It's just kind of a personal opinion. More as like, I'd prefer like a song, uh, Take On Me, when you have a high note just being held instead of kind of bouncing up and down. I'd prefer just like holding a note, going to those high pitches. All right, right. so yeah, so Roy Orbison's definitely has that more operatic style where he's going mm -hmm. up and his voice is constantly fluctuating. That's definitely his signature style. And I think that definitely is uh, something that the, the Wilburys definitely knew was special, was really an important part of the track. I don't think anyone else could have pulled this track off. It wouldn't have sounded as good. It was really meant for Roy to sing. Isn't it interesting how they went, they went from like, think about that 
this album that was recorded in the late 80s and think about all the voice like all the Wilburys voices that are featured on the album and think about how quickly it went from that to all the auto-tune uh, manufactured voices that you hear on songs today uh, it's it's unimaginable uh, ever since that uh, who who had the first auto-tune song was it Cher I'm not sure I think it was Cher in the late 90s had the first pop auto-tune song and that obviously completely changed the musical landscape and artists like great singers like Roy Orbison would now be placed with an auto-tune which would maybe correct any vocal mm -hmm. fluctuations but in the process of doing that you completely lose that human element that this is a real this is a man singing a song and he's singing his heart out and there's no you know special effects or changes to the vocal performance what you hear is just like it was in 1988 in the studio when they recorded it i think the auto-tune was actually more made so to hit like that perfection they want to get rid of like the discontinuity of like kind of the they wanted to go for something more perfect which is basically yeah if you're a human you can't really get to that aspect you can't get there but then with computers and technology you want to get to that perfect range or something where some artists can't reach like uh, by themselves i'd say yeah sometimes it's used poorly for some different songs it's just kind of more robotic but i think you could use autotune in some songs where it's just kind of a little enhancement instead of just complete song that's auto-tune yeah i think the problem is like when it just gets overused to the point where you've basically eliminated all the human element out of the singing right like it has a purpose but it just can't be overused see i would i would disagree i wish that auto-tune had never been invented uh, i think that auto-tune has definitely made popular music less interesting and songs like not alone anymore really remind us of the importance of allowing the singer to sing the song with all the imperfections of the human voice mm. and allowing the special sound of someone singing to resonate. And that's something that I think is really important and something that needs to be captured in music and has definitely been lacking in recent years. I think that autotune is kind of unavoidable because as, as technology advances, we're always gonna find new things so autotune would just, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have passed, like just skipped over or not ever created autotune. I'm pretty sure in like the timeline, we would have created autotune no matter what. Of course, I think, you know, it's just a, a matter of the artist choosing to use it. Yeah. Or the producer in most cases. So looking at the lyrics of the song, the song is primarily written by Jeff Lynne. The song starts with Roy singing, You always said that I'd be back again, that I'd come running to you in the end. I thought that you were on your own, and now I find you're not alone. So right away, we have a song that is establishing a romantic relationship gone wrong, where the character has lost his love, and now his love has found someone else, and he is surprised by this. And it, it, it definitely echoes... The theme of Roy Orbison is that he always has this melancholic nature to his songs, uh, like we discussed on our first episode, the song Only the Lonely, Not Alone Anymore continues that thread. Jeff Lynne writing this song was definitely thinking in that frame of mind as he was actually producing Roy Orbison's studio album Mystery Girl, 
and he had written a number of tracks with Roy Orbison and Tom Petty, actually, including the big hit single, You Got It. What did you guys think of the lyrics for Not Alone Anymore? Well, I mean, they're good. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that Roy Orbison didn't write them because it's very much a traditional, uh, the lyrics, like you said, they're very much in the style of early Roy Orbison songs where it's, you know, kind of has a tragic self-deprecating uh, element to it. And yeah, honestly, the, the, I didn't really, I don't really pay attention to lyrics that much in the song because the other stuff, the, the instrumentation, the vocals, everything like, is much more ever present so i don't I mean the lyrics could be slightly different wouldn't really make a difference to me yeah i'd say i agree on that i wasn't really paying attention to the lyrics too much but uh seemed like they were more like simple in the simplicity range for sure and i think that's definitely something that jeff lynn was was striving for in writing this song when when producing this tom petty he later stated that this really was uh jeff lynn and roy orbison's song and that the other Wilburys, you know, they contributed a little bit, but this was mostly Jeff and Roy coming together to make this song work, and they definitely succeeded, in my opinion. This is definitely a highlight on the album. Upon its release, many music critics definitely uh, looked at this song and considered it to be a true return to form for Roy Orbison and one of the album's biggest successes. The production on this track again handled by Jeff Lynn is a complete success. It's really a great combination of some of that 80s synthesizer sound and recalling back to the rockabilly classic Roy Orbison sound with that guitar, that electric guitar part that's really, really cool, has a really cool tone to it. Uh, this track and the Mystery Girl album was the, a revitalization of Roy Orbison's career and something that Tom Petty he definitely credited Jeff Lynne for bringing the, the best out of Roy and bringing him back uh, into the spotlight. And something that this album does as well, and I think it's really cool that he has this, this track. It's unfortunate that it's the only one that he's able to sing uh, lead vocals on as he was going to pass away shortly after the album was released and wasn't able to, of course, be on the second Wilburys album. Any uh, last thoughts on the, on the song? It's a great song, and uh, yeah, it's sad that he died just right after this uh, album because, you know, the Wilburys did the their next album, which is good in its own right, but it would have been probably better if he was on it. Roy Orbison was 52 years old when he recorded this track, and he was going to pass away later that year. Sile, you enjoyed Roy Orbison's vocals on Only the Lonely when we discussed that on yeah. the first episode. What did you contrast between those two songs when you listen to them in enjoying Only the Lonely, but not enjoying Not Alone anymore as much? Yeah, I'd say uh, Only the Lonely had better vocals, in my opinion. And then, I don't know, just the... I'd say they're pretty different. The way he's... his voice and the two songs are pretty different, drastically different, actually. And it's kind of hard to compare them both as being similar, but I prefer Only the Lonely over this song, this track. Right, and of course Only the Lonely was recorded in the early 1960s when mm -hmm. Roy was at the top of his game. This song was really a, a swan song for Roy Orbison in many ways, as it was the last song that was released during his lifetime featuring him on lead vocals. Mystery Girl was released in 1989, shortly after his passing, and that album also went uh, into the top five on the album charts. Okay, so that's 
uh, Not Alone Anymore. A great song, a song that I think is a great addition to the album. It actually ends side one of Traveling Wilburys Volume 1. So if you had the cassette tape or the LP, you would have to flip it over. I think it's a great climactic end to the first side of the album and makes you really excited to hear the next track on side two, which is Congratulations. So that track we'll be listening to next week. So catch us then. Until then, handle this podcast with care. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wilburys Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, share your favorite track, or how you got into the Wilburys, just send us an email at travelingwilburyspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to read your correspondence on the show. 